Ladies and gentlemen, this is Manny De La Cruz, and I want to thank you very much, as always, for taking the time to come listen to this conversation. It's been a minute since I posted the last episode, and really, I'm not going to lie, that had a lot to do with me uh, getting a little over the top with a new hobby, taking up fishing. If you have seen or some of the content uh, on Instagram, you can definitely see some uh, repetitive pictures, but look, man, ever since moving to the Houston area and having uh, access to all of these local little lakes and ponds around here, uh, and I, I, and then finally giving in to my brother and his fishing uh, hobby, and there I found myself wanting to fish a lot, that my son liked it, and really now that we're trying to avoid places like, uh, you know, I don't know, we went to the movies a lot, but places where there was a lot of people, right, with the kids, uh, before we used to go to like those uh, jump places, or like, you know, the bowling alley, or, and, and so we're avoiding those, and now turning to a lot of uh, parks and recreations, and it's fun, it's great, but uh, I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's taking some of the attention, and so I, that combined with the craziness of work, and here I am, uh, having uh, had a gap since the last time I posted something. But here we are today. I get the opportunity to share with you the story of Jacqueline Cervantes. She is a engineer with Lados and someone that uh, I have known for quite some time. We have a, a connection through Mayas, and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for you to hear that story. So again, please continue to listen. Please continue to share. Uh, for those of you that have provided feedback to me, through notes on Instagram, through notes in LinkedIn. Thank you for, for taking the time to, to do that. It really helps me keep myself accountable. It really helps me to, you know, the keeps me motivated to kind of provide these stories and connect with people. And so I, I am glad that you provide that. So please keep it coming. Please share this content. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed making it. Jacqueline Cervantes, how you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. How about you, Manny? I am good. I'm so glad that we finally got to get on this phone call. I think we've been talking about talking about talking uh, for <laughs> for quite some time. Like, I mean, how long ago was that that we saw each other at uh, U of H? Yeah, so at U of H, it was probably <sighs> maybe like a year ago. Maybe. Oh gosh, that long? Yeah. Jeez, time flies. So I guess yeah, it's you been. Know, been trying to line up something for for a while i suppose so yeah. anyways let's uh before i mean we already see jumped into it and nobody knows who who you are so jackie why don't you go ahead and just you know tell us who you are how do you you know what would you say to somebody you just met okay um so my name's jacqueline cervantes but i usually go by jackie you know it's kind of shorter um so i was born in mexico in queretaro mexico um but when i was very young uh, my parents uh, came over to the united states they settled in Houston, so I've been growing. I've been living in Houston for I, 22 years, 22, 23 years. Um, and I say that because after I went to college at U of H, um, which is really close to my house, like five minutes away. So that's perfect. <laughs> so I went there. I studied mechanical engineering technology and I graduated December 2017. Um, and then I moved to Fort Worth uh, for a job. And then now I'm back again. So I'm really excited to be back. I'm able to reconnect with everybody here in Houston. So that's really exciting. Yeah. And that was the conversation. The last conversation we had was, uh, hey, when, yes. you, when you get back into Houston and I had just recently <laughs> moved to Houston, too. So that's right. Like, I remember it now. Like we were at that at that at that Mayas meeting. It was one of the uh -huh. early ones. And it was like, oh, I just got here, like just getting things under, you know, under my yeah. belt and stuff. So, no, again, look, and you and I have a. Uh, some history even before that, right? So yes, yes, uh, we do. I'll let you tell the story. When did we meet uh, uh, and go from there? Oh, that was a great time. So um, I was in Mayas. I was a freshman, um, and well, I was a freshman, and I didn't know about Mayas. So then they got me involved, and then they're like, "Oh, you're able to go to symposium for free," and I was like, "Okay, let's go." I don't know what that is. So I went to a Mayas conference. It was in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and so we went. And one of the nights we had a dinner and it was an award ceremony. And then they were calling up like Medalla de Oro. And then they called Manny's name. They called a few other people's names that I don't remember right now. But it was 2015. And um, then they started 
giving out the student awards. So I know Manny was up to get his student, you know, like um, a Madrino Padrino scholarship. And then, you know, I was probably checking my phone or, you know, talking to somebody. And then they started, it was Will Davis that started reading my, my essay. And I was like, oh my gosh. So he started reading my essay and then he he's like, oh, this is the person that got the award. And then he called my name and I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, that's how I met Manny. He got the Medalla de Oro and I was, uh, I got the Madrino Padrino scholarship. So yeah, and, ever and, since that. <laughs> and then look, you say it like pretty nonchalant, but like, just like you, like you're, you were, you didn't know you were going to win that scholarship. Oh, right. No. And again, just for context, <laughs> it's the biggest you know, a scholarship for Mayas that a student can get, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yes. so the, the premise is it's the it's the madrino it's the padrino yeah, madrina scholarships. So in your case, right, right, you get uh, the 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 student portion, and then they pair you with mm-hmm. a professional who essentially will be your madrina or your padrino who yes. just won the medalla de oro. So <laughs> that same like I I mean I'm I at this 2015, so I'm like four or five years into my career. Like mm-hmm. I'm just getting into recruiting, like it's still pretty fresh. You know what I mean? Like I don't, mm-hmm. not that I have it figured out now, but it was still like, <laughs> you know, like as a, I, I started off in Mayas in the community college, like you, you, you like yeah. you, 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 you dream. Maybe that's, I'll say it. You dream, you hope that one day yeah. you can be a Medalla de Oro winner. And here was my day. And so they call me up and I remember going up there and, and I have a, I have issues with like going off the deep end, and I was just like surprised, and I'm like yeah. ranting a little bit. My wife was there because she uh, volunteers, you know, volu- well, she started off volunteering, but then she started working as a meeting planner for the company that would help make the event. So, anyway, so I'm like all wrapped up, and and then they call <laughs> you, and then you know we took some you know some, some pictures, but the whole time it's like it's just a little bit uh, uh, surreal, right? So, yes. and, and we had you know emailed a little bit, and then like when I told you. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I guess I'll just say life happened, right? Because both of you yes. kind of continued to go to school. I continued to progress in my career. And then here we are. Mm-hmm. We ran into each other again. And, and it was like, oh, snap. Like, and I felt bad, too, because I was all like, oh, crap. Like, I forgot. <laughs> you know, no, I, don't worry. I, I, and I even told you this, right? It's like, oh, my God. Like, that's right. Like, we have this uh, thing. And so we we said, hey, you're coming to Houston, mm-hmm. like, there's no time like the present, like, let's start, you know, whatever you need, uh, let's, you know, start working, working on that. And so here we are, right? Like, you're, you're now getting here into Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and my hope is that we, you know, that, that we, that we pick that up, and that I can help you in anything that I can. So anyway, so that's just the backstory. So uh, uh, very, very excited to get to talk to you again. And here, here we are a, a a, a student recipient and the padrino and and let's let's uh let's uh i think it's cool i think it's awesome yeah. so you talked about you went to u of h right mm-hmm. and you went there for all four years where did you yes okay and you got this uh, mechanical engineering uh the what is it mechanical engineering technology yes so tell me a little bit about that degree what is the difference between that and say the the, the basic mechanical engineering degree so um, they're very, they're not very different because I know I took a lot of uh, similar classes as the people from mechanical, from the engineering de- uh, college. Yeah. Um, but I think the main difference that we have is that we have more labs. Like um, that's one of the main, main differences I feel like we have, it's more hands-on. Um, and there's, I know engineering's a little bit more like um, calculation based over here, like, you know, with probably like we get a problem and, we try and solve it or, you know, it's just, it's different, but I feel like it's a good different. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, um, I, I got similar, we got the similar education, you know, I'm, I'm working in the same field as somebody has a mechanical engineering degree, which I think it's great. Um, I just have, you know, different experiences with classes and stuff. And okay. so I, I think it was, you know, different, but good. Okay. You know, so different. did you, um, and, and the reason I'm asking, right, because there's not mm-hmm. like there's that mechanical engineering technology, but other schools mm-hmm. will have like an engineering, like a general technology degree or something to that effect. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's in the engineering realm, but it's not this the traditional, you know, mechanical, electrical, civil or whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and But it's still right. It's still a, a degree. But so my question is, at the time when you were looking for a job, did you find that uh the the degree was 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 uh understood or did you go through some 
kind of period where you had to kind of explain what you had. And, and I guess I'm asking to pick your brain for those that are getting that type of, uh, of technology degree, right? Like what, what, yes. uh, what, uh, what do you have to do different when you're trying to get a job with that degree or if there is a difference, I don't know. Okay. Um, so, uh, I believe, you know, there is a difference because I feel like at the time when I started, you know, it was, I feel like it was a fairly new degree that these big companies would hear these companies would hear, um, because uh, I will tell you about an experience that I had. It was horrible. Um, but you know, I, I am grateful from that experience because I learned a lot. Um, bless you. Um, so it was this, I was at a HENAC conference. I think it was like 2017. Um, and I went up to this big company, um, and I gave them my resume and then they looked through my resume and they're like, wait, what is mechanical engineering technology? Is that mechanical engineering? I was like, well, I'm not in the engineering in the engineering school. I'm in the technology school. And then they're like, okay, wait, I don't know if I can take your resume. And there was a big line behind me. There was like people lined up next to me. So like the room was packed. Um, so I stood there and then she went or the person, the recruiter went to, um, to another person, like a manager. And then I saw them go to a different manager and then to a different manager. And I was like, what the heck? So then this recruiter came back to me and she's like, Hey, we don't hire your major. <laughs> and I was like devastated. Yeah. That was like super horrible. Like a bunch of things were running through my head. I was like, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, is this degree not good enough? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm about to be done. And like, I, like, I think it was a year after that or, yeah, I think I was, I was going to be done in a, a year after that because it was, yeah, it was 2016, something like that. Um, so I was like, what am I going to do? I've already taken these, like all of these classes. So, um, you know, somebody from that company that I knew, he's like, you know, maybe you should go back and go do engineering instead, like drop all the classes you did from technology and restart fresh from engineering. And you're like a year and, out. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. And, and I know like a lot of, oh, oh, hold on. I'll tell you, I'll finish the story. So, you know, like at that time, like I, I felt horrible, but inside of me, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to show these people that, you know, I, maybe I do have a technology degree, but I can do the same thing that, you know, maybe the engineering college does, or, you know, like I'm not going to feel less because I am not an in the engineering college because I do the same similar things, you know? Yeah. Like, I can learn the same way I can, you know, I can, you know, teach me and I can, I can do, I can produce like, um, I didn't think that was a valid point that they they said that I was in the technology, uh, college and not in the engineering college. So I don't think that was very fair, but, um, as time went on, I think because all the, all the interviews I've had, I've had to, uh, tell the interviewers or the managers, what my degree was about and you know a bunch of them were like how is it different from mechanical engineering so i tell them i was like i don't think there's a lot of differences you know we were more hands-on we had more labs um i know engineering is more theoretical based but i feel like we have the same education you know i'm able to learn but that kind of just pushed me to kind of try harder and work harder like it, it was devastating at the time because i was like oh my gosh i have to go and drop all my classes and re-enroll in engineering and redo all my basics like you know not all my basics but a lot of classes so that was that was a like a you know crazy experience because yeah. i was like i never thought you know a recruiter would do that like turn you away or any of any of that but like i've had really positive interviews like after that interview like i've always tried to like kind of show what I, what I've done and tell them like, Hey, these are the electives I've taken. They're very similar to mechanical engineering. So I've always, when I was in college, I tried to take electives that were similar to mechanical engineering instead of like a random elective. So I wouldn't, they wouldn't be like, Oh, but you didn't take this. But I think it was a little tougher when I was in college. I feel like I, I know some people that are in the technology college that are doing the same thing I am now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have internships with these big companies and jobs. So I feel like it's gotten easier and the recruiters have gotten like uh, they've been taught or, you know, they've learned that 
this is something that's similar. So I feel like it's a little easier now, but it was definitely hard. Yeah. And, and I, I would imagine, right. And look, and I, yeah. I, I, from a recruiting side and I started seeing this degree yeah. very early on and I'll admit like it was the same for us. Right. So I, I, where I work at, it's very much, okay, these are the, these are the majors that we're, that we're hiring for mm-hmm. and it's a huge corporation. And they, I mean, it's not Manny's oil company, right. It's Exxon Mobil. Yeah. So like I have these, uh, the, this, uh, agreed upon like majors yeah. that I can hire and so, yeah, I could see that recruiter, like I could understand, right? Why are the recruiters mm-hmm. like, yes. uh, I've never heard of this degree, but it sounds like it's close. They like you and it's still yeah. like, but we got to be able to, you know, get this through HR. And I can just imagine the conversation mm-hmm. of the different people, like with different seniority working yes. their way up to ultimately say, hey, sorry, uh, yes. I, I don't. But I, I, it's, I don't think that that advice that that recruiter gave you of like, hey, start all over was the best. I think maybe that yeah. was a, a him, him or her. I, it was a him. Either way, like assuming mm-hmm. that like it was a lesser degree. Right. And yes. it, and it sounds at the end of the day, you're fine because we haven't gotten to this, but we're going to talk about where you work. And it's not the first place that you've worked. <laughs> and these aren't like chump change companies. Right. I mean, these are <laughs> these are yes. these are some some uh, major brand companies. And, and we'll get to that to a second. But uh-huh. I wanted to like explore that because you might have a student that is that is taking it and, yes. and there might be some differences and there might be some tactic but I like what you said you're like at the end of the day you had to own the process like it came down to you at the time like Jackie mm-hmm. exactly. if you want to bridge this gap you need to be able to sell the reasons or tell the reasons why it's all going to be okay right it wasn't mm-hmm. like it hurt a little bit but at mm-hmm. the end you said well it's on me to kind of be able to uh iron this out right yeah so that's exactly. so that's pretty cool so look let's talk about where do you you know where, where do you let's talk about your work experience right because you are okay. a, a new professional still yes. you're still pretty cl- you know you're, you're you're very early in your career so let's start talking about uh what your career has been like so far okay so in i think 20 summer 2017 um well, I think 2016, I went to a conference, you know, HENAC, I've always gotten my jobs through HENAC, basically. Um, I got a internship with Raytheon. So I was with Raytheon for the summer of 2017, and I was a quality engineer. Uh, uh, what do you call those? Um, intern, sorry. Yeah. A quality engineer. <laughs> it's been so long. What do you call them when you're not full-time I know. employee? <laughs> no, go ahead. So it was that, and then um, and then it was my last semester in college when I went back to college. So then I interned for a company called Bogus. They're a ball valve company here in Houston. Yeah. So you know I was local. I was doing part time. So that was good. And then when I graduated, I got a job with Lockheed Martin, um, and I was doing manufacturing engineering. So I did that for about a year. You know, I kind of explored outside of manufacturing engineering and. You know, I decided that um, that position at that time at that location, because I was working for the flight line, that place is brutal. <laughs> I mean, it's a great place to work at, you know, but I feel like it was very hard on me as a new professional because I was trying to learn, you know, like whenever you're you're new, you're trying to learn everything. But sometimes people don't learn the same pace. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to take it a different pace if you're, diff- you know, every person. So everybody was, you know, doing things really fast. So I feel like I wasn't learning as much. So then I explored my opportunities within Lockheed Martin. I moved to be a mechanical engineer for the suspension and the re- and release system. Um, so I was there and, I, you know, that group was very different from my previous group. They were great. Like both groups have been great. Um, they both taught me a lot, you know, I was, I was learning and everything. So, but then a couple of things happened, you know, life happens, like you said. Um, and I decided to move back to Houston and I was, uh, it was around October. So I had been working as a mechanical engineer for, uh, that group, uh, for I think nine months. So then I moved to Houston and I got a job at Lidos. Uh, Lidos is a contract company for NASA. So we are, we work the cargo mission contract. So what we do at my job, we basically pack all the items that are going to go on the vehicle, like the SpaceX Demo 2 vehicle that was launched on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so all those items, we pack them. We do safety analysis for them. We make sure that, like, they're in the correct place. And, you know, we we do little projects, too. We certify, like, let's say that you want to send up a an Apple Watch. 
and they don't have one. So we have to go through the process and certify it. Like, um, does it have like capacitors? Is it going to have like an, you know, electromagnetic shock or whatever, you know, just different little things that we need to make sure to certify that it's not going to cause a hazard to the crew. So that's where I'm currently working right now. So, and, look, and like I said, and combined, so you got what? So you're maybe three years into three, three and a half years into a professional? Uh, yeah, like two and a half coming up to three. So three. Okay. yeah, it's been it's been a good ride. <laughs> okay, perfect. Look, and like I said, these aren't chump change companies. So let's go back, right? I kind of want to, I want to yes. dig a little bit. And you said, hey, your very first role was that as a manufacturing engineer. And you said you were yes. working, this was Lockheed in Fort Worth and you were working where? Like what was the... You were so I was, yes, I was a manufacturing engineer on the flight line. So I got to see the jet when it was ready. Like as soon as it rolled out of the, um, the, what do you call it? The line, like it would go to the flight line. I would see them in the hangers. I would see them complete. So it was an amazing experience. Like I got to see a jet whenever it first turned on. That is amazing. Yeah. And so, so, so in that role, so you, you went, just to clarify, right? So in manufacturing role, you were working in the, in the assembly line, right? And so what was the, what was your, what was your role? Like what specifically did you have to do as a manufacturing engineer there? So as a manufacturing engineer, it was, so I was not really on the assembly line because, so the assembly, so we'd go through the assembly line and then I'd go through paint and then it would come to us. So we okay. had it. Yeah, we the jet was already ready, so we would deal with like little, like things that would happen on the moment. Like let's say they would run a uh, a leak check on the jet, and something broke off, like a like one of the you know lines broke or something. So we would have to go back and help replace that. You know, go get the materials to replace the line. Uh, go see where they made that mistake. You know, and go let them know that they need to fix their process or you know kind of alert the assembly line or wherever they did that. Um, and in that role, you were working with what, probably other mechanics and maintenance yeah. crews and, and things of that nature, yep. right? Okay. So, and that's what I was trying to get at. I was trying to like mm-hmm. get to the essence of what a manufacturing job, because it's the same thing, oh, yes. say a manufacturing uh, engineer at a plant. So like when I started, I was in manufacturing at a chemical plant in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. uh, as a mechanical engineer, as a fixed equipment engineer. So I was the, you know, assigned to a unit. And if anything broke, then yeah, I was the engineering resource that said, you yes. know, this is what we should do or gave the engineering seal of approval and, mm-hmm. and, and work with mechanics and the laborers and all that to just yeah. make sure that we uh, did what we wanted to. Right. So again, it, it's, mm-hmm. there's this, uh, I wanted to just explore a little bit. What is this manufacturing uh, oh, yes. engineering role? So then from there, then you went mm-hmm. to a associate mechanical engineer Right. So you're this yes. mechanical engineer and you said you were working in a, in a group associated with suspension. What was that job like? So that was very different. I did uh, at the, on the flight line as a manufacturing engineer. I did, you know, I got a lot of hands on experience. Like I was out there with the mechanics. I was out there with the other engineers and kind of walked the line, saw a lot of jets. But, you know, in this different role as a mechanical engineer, um, the system that I work with was the suspension and the release system. So, you know, the bomb racks and the launchers for the F-35. So I did not physically see the hardware on a daily basis. We did have a lab where we would go and we had like a prototype that we would test out and, you know, run tests and get data. Um, But it wasn't like the manufacturing engineering role. This one was more like, you know, I was inside an office, um, you know, I would um, run these tests, look at data, uh, I would also write like uh, manuals on how to like reset the bomb racks and the launchers and how to fix different things on it. Um, but for sure, I I got a lot of hands-on experience with the manufacturing engineering job. But, you know, this one was definitely like a, a 180 degree change because it was, you know, I was more inside of an office. Um, was, it more, was it more like design support or like operational yes. support? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was more design, like I had the designs and sometimes we would go out and see the vendor to New York and, you know, come back. And that was more of a design uh, position than my previous one. Yeah. With Lockheed Martin, was it one of those like you had to start manufacturing first and to, in order to be able to do that or or not no. necessarily? No. So I was not in a rotation program, so okay. I kind of took it upon myself to like, I'm like, OK, if I'm not going to. I don't want to keep doing this job, you know, I'm not going to like hate my life and 
keep doing it. I'm going to look for something else that I'm going to like and stuff, yeah. you know? So I put it upon myself. I'm like, okay, I need to keep growing. I need to put myself in different situations to learn and grow and, you know, do all this stuff. Yeah. I like looking mm-hmm. like I'm a big manufacturing guy. I still like my, mm-hmm. and again, everyone has different opinions, but I'm always yeah. like, I, I look, I'm, I'm now nine years into my career. I work in headquarters in a business role. Like mm-hmm. I have, I'm far from my plant days, but, but I know what it did for me. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I learned. I know like now in headquarters, like I can sit there and, and we come up with something and I'm like, that's yeah. never going to work. Like I could just imagine <laughs> what this is going to look like. Like, this is why people say, Oh, here we go. Headquarters again. Like, so <laughs> have, having been there, Right. Gives me this uh, this a uh, different perspective. But anyways, yeah. I just kind of wanted to to, to to, you know, dig on that a little bit and, and say, you know, there is a difference. Right. And so as as, yes. as as and I knew that when I was a student, like I didn't have an appreciation for what the heck the difference was. I was like, I just want to be an engineer with whoever, you know, I say whoever <laughs> I right? was some company that, like put me in coach. But there really is these titles mean something. Right. So yes. these are these are two very common, in my opinion, a starter roles, right? Some sort of associate into a, a design technical support group or into a manufacturing role where it's still, you're the engineering go-to person on some sort of manufacturing process, right? And, yes. and, and, and there's some, uh, some distinction there. Okay. So then you, you said you, you wanted to make this change. So what was the reason, like uh, you, you, you wanted to move to Houston. Were there any mm-hmm. other reasons that you wanted to go from Lockheed into Lados or, or, or what was that like? Um, so, you know, it was definitely a tough decision, um, to move, but, you know, just, you know, things happen and I needed to move to Houston and I did, you know, I thank God I got a a great job here. Um, but it was definitely a tough decision because Lockheed is a great company to work for. You know, I'm, I'm not just saying it because I work there, but you know, they do have a lot of benefits. They do like reach out and they have a lot of ERGs, which are, I forgot what ERG stands for, but they're the employee resource groups. There you go. (laughs) They're um, the organizations and those have, they were really helpful in like meeting new people and networking and all of that. But it was definitely a tough, tough choice, but you know, I, I needed to make the move and, you know, I don't, I don't regret, I don't regret the move because I have learned so much at Lidos and it's been a great experience, you know, but so now making that move, right? So now let's let, let's start talking about what your experience was like with uh, yes. onboarding with Lados, right? Well, first the interview and like, so one concern that folks have or things uh-huh. that, uh, and I guess less and less now, I say maybe not. At one point, it used to be uh-huh. like, man, if you just jump companies, like you're going to seem like you're not committed <laughs> and that's going to hurt you. And I guess I'll cut yeah. to like the punchline. That's not true anymore. But I'm curious, uh-huh. you know, in the grand scheme of things, but did you, was that what your experience was with Lados? Did they even care? Did they grill you about that? What was that like? So I, you know, I'm pretty, they did. I'm pretty sure they did look at my resume and they're like, okay, why is this girl? She's had two positions and now she wants to change companies. Like, I'm pretty sure they thought about that, but I, they did not grill me about that. They did ask me, they're like, Hey, what do you want to move? So, you know, I told them the reason why I wanted to come back to Houston and why I wanted the job. Um, But I don't I don't remember being grilled. I feel like once they got to know me, once they spoke to me, once because we did. I did have a phone interview at first and then I had a follow up in person interview like the next week or two. So, um, they, you know, I feel like they kind of if they get to know you and, you know, they kind of understand why you're doing it or you know so i i didn't really get grilled so i'm very thankful for that but yeah, you know i, I feel like uh, they understand I, yeah i was gonna say i think they're like it's like they gotta ask like you, yeah. you know everyone's gonna yeah. ask like okay so because <laughs> of that it's like you want to make sure that you don't have just a somebody a, a ship jumper right like yeah but but at the same time and you and you tell me if i'm wrong but like you mm-hmm. can quickly get past that just by being oh, genuine, yeah. have a reason, yeah. you know, something that's reasonable, right? Like if you were to say, now if your if your reason is because, well, I'm a ship jumper, then you're going to run into problems. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I, have, yeah. I have lack of commitment. Like th- that's a completely <laughs> different story. But if it's like, you know, no, I need, I, I need to be in Houston or I want to be in such and such mm-hmm. place or, hey, I tried this and it, I found out that it wasn't for me. And before I get too far, like understand mm-hmm. what your reason is and then just genuinely say it and certainly uh don't lie 
and, yeah. and I've had that experience. Like when I started to, when I was an engineering supervisor and there was a time when we had to hire uh, some experienced hires and we would interview them, I asked every time, but it wasn't something that I, I was just trying to get in that yeah. moment in time, check some box that said, I don't have someone who's just going to be bouncing around. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I'm like, well, dang, like this, hey, let's not forget in the first place that I'm the one who's looking for an experienced hire. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And, so, and, and so you'll see a lot of postings out there that say like that they want two or three years of experience. I have seen that uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a good bit. So I'll make a we'll make a tie here a little bit later. We'll come back to this because I want to, you know, mm-hmm. this is relevant for for I think for what the recruiting environment is going to be for folks in the fall. But before I I go from that, let's talk about what is it you you talked about the 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 packaging that you do that you do. But can you go dig dig a little bit more into what you specifically do in your in your role now with Lados? Oh yes, so I am currently a safety engineer. So we have two like main things that we do as safety engineers. The first one is uh, certify hardware. So you know these these company or the crew tells NASA, hey, I want. Um, a cell phone or I want this watch kind of up in the up in the station. So, you know, NASA comes to us, they're like, hey, I need you to certify this hardware. So us as safety engineers, we have to make sure that, you know, that hardware, that piece of hardware is not going to be hazardous to the crew in any way or form. Like, you know, like a watch does have like, you know, it has glass and it can shatter, but how are we going to prevent that? Are we going to put tape on it? Are we going to put like some kind of covering on it. So we need to take that into consideration. So we go through these, like we have to make sure the materials is good. Like we have this big checkbox that we have. Um, we run through those tests. We get those documentations. We documented those, those reports we documented and we have to like verify them. And then after we do that, we go present to the NASA uh, panel, safety panel. We present to them and they're like, okay, that's good. Or they might be like, Hey, you know, you didn't look into this or what if like the tank that they're going to send up with oxygen is going to do this, you know, just, um, they, they kind of check us on what we're doing. So we go present to them, make sure that it's completely safe and then they sign it off. So that's one part of what I do. I certify hardware. And the other one is that I create, um, these reports for the vehicle. So like this, the, like I mentioned, the launch, um, they have a list of uh, items that they're going to fly in the vehicle. And every any, every bag has, you know, the list of, you know, all the hardware, whatever's going to go in there. So I look at each bag and I need to make sure that there's no like to- toxic things in there, batteries, any magnets, any pressure vessels, anything else that's going to cause harm to the crew. But if, you know, if they do have it, I need to make sure that I I call it out. So whoever's packing these bags into the vehicle is aware that there can be a hazard whenever they're packing it um, and make sure that who whoever is making these layouts for the pack packing to make sure that they don't put like, you know, something flammable next to whatever, you know, something that's not going to cause a hazard. So those are the two main things that I do. And I do like, um, I'm also helping like the systems engineer kind of with, with some parts of the requirements. So I'm also looking at requirements for the space station and how we're going to control different hazards. So it's, it's been pretty cool. Lately. Yeah. And so, I mean, so yeah. you were dealing, I mean, it sounds like it wasn't just like supply. I mean, supplies, it got down to like even personal items, right. And one, like yeah. one could say like, their, their, their luggage. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, no, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's, uh, that's pretty uh, interesting for sure. That, that, I mean, you, you know that it's, I mean, it's, you're going into outer space and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, uh, not everybody gets to do it. And you, you assume that it's a pretty complicated process and it has to be pretty involved. It's just, uh, it's, yes. uh, you get down to like the nitty gritty, right? Yes. Yes. Like, so I was watching the launch this weekend and I saw the glasses and I was like, oh, those glasses he has on are on my report. And that little sheet that he had on his um, his knee, like the report, I don't know what it was. I remember certifying that. And I forgot what it was called, but I remember that. I was like, oh, look, I certified that. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> neat. So I, cause I saw that you posted, right? That I guess it was there some 
opportunity for you to you were in uh, in NASA facilities any 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 thing near like the actual vehicles and stuff or how, how close did you get how close to the action were you uh so i was not very close so i was just able like those were pictures from before because i've helped out with a couple events from the organization i'm in with lidos but i wish i was in in cape carnival to see it one day i'm gonna go but i was not very close i was at home watching it but one day I'm going to go see it to Cape Canaveral. No, I still think it's pretty close, though. You certified yeah. the guy's glasses. So it, we all got to start somewhere. Right. So you're, you're in this realm now. So there's another realm, safety engineering, right? Yes. And so that's a that's a whole, like, people can have extremely, uh, like, what I'll say, lucrative and successful careers just in a safety environment, right? Like, yes. It, it's uh, it, it, a lot goes into it. And you even talked again, hey, you're having to write reports. You're having to write mm-hmm. certifications. Um, so I want to go back on something that you mentioned earlier, like your time at Lockheed, like your very first job, you said, Hey, there was everyone, people have different speeds of learning stuff and Mm -hmm. developing, like, where are you now versus when you first started, when it comes to these, uh, soft skills, like, uh, areas, is there things that you've learned about yourself, like things that you, or any, like anything major that you can look back and say, man, I'm completely different in this space now. Any Mm -hmm. thoughts like that? Uh, actually, yes. I think whenever I was working at Lockheed, you know, I was still pretty new. I was still trying to figure out, you know, the adulting stuff, the professional stuff, the working full-time kind of thing. So I feel like at Lido's, um, I have, I like to call him my mentor because he has helped me through this whole process. Like he's like, you know, like, okay. At the beginning, when I started, I was like, I need to know everything now. Like I need to learn it now because if not, I'm not good enough. Like, And three months into my job, I was like, oh, I don't know this. Like, I'm dumb, you know, like, but that's not true because I've only been working three months. But he's kind of like helped me and guided me to like realize that, you know, as a new professional, fairly new, you're not going to know everything. It takes years for people to know a lot of what they know and they still don't know everything. So I feel like I'm less hard on myself now. Um, And he has, you know, he has definitely helped kind of walk me through that year like, you know, we, you have a team, that's why you have a team, you know, they have your back. Um, and so I, I feel like I am definitely less stressed now than I was before, because before I was trying to do everything perfect and quick and, you know, just with no mistakes, but you know, that's how you learn with mistakes and you're, you're not always going to get something the first time, like until you understand it and you can talk it you don't understand it. And I'm certainly, I'm sure in a safety role, you're having to even review and think through procedures and stuff. Is that something that is, is a natural ability for you or has that been a big learning curve for you now as a professional Um, or what's your, what's your thought there? So I feel like that one hasn't been too hard on me, like the writing, you know, so I read and I need to understand, I might need to read it a bunch of times and to understand it or, you know, have somebody explain it to me. But I feel like, you know, I can understand it and write it. Um, But I think one of the biggest learning curves um, that I've done as a professional is definitely probably like my soft skills, like my networking, my being able to communicate effectively, like because, you know, right now at NASA, like if you don't specify things that you want or how you want them to go, like people can take these, ten- like go on tangents and yeah. kind of like push your words to use them against you. So I've had to figure out ways to kind of like get my point across without them getting my words mixed up. Cause it's, I, there, I've had some situations where it's been a mess and people have used like words against me. I'm like, no, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying this, but you know, you need to, I feel like you need to learn how to communicate what you're thinking correctly and you know that i feel like that's been a big learning curve for me so no for sure look and you had mentioned something about and there's a couple things that i'm hearing you say and i'm like oh my god like that's just that's just the way it is sometimes for folks Mm -hmm. and so for me i'm i i think you and i have this in common like when it comes to learning something i know that i learn it slower i know Mm -hmm. that even now as a you know being nine years into this company like i don't think uh like behind the scenes the amount of studying and, and yes. self-reading and, and, and reviewing of, of, of meeting notes. And like, there's a lot like that. I feel sometimes 
I might have to do more than say appear, but that's just me. That's just the way I was, you know, yes. I was created and, and I'm okay with that, but like, it doesn't stop. So like I, I was in manufacturing for, you know, five years uh, of my, uh, of, of the last nine years, right? Like mm -hmm. where I was, and I'll say individual contributor, then I started getting into supervision, but like this here, I, I was at, at year uh, seven, eight, where now I went to headquarters. And so this was yeah. the first time in a long time where I felt that I had to start from scratch. And it was like, I was literally put in a role that I had like almost close to no previous uh, relevant experience. Mm -hmm. right? It was all business. It was all like global markets. And it was, it was strategically, it's a, a development role, but I like, I, I couldn't go into my bag of tricks and, and like at least have a care. Yeah. So I felt completely out of out of water, but I, I love what you said. You you got to the point where you started to like not be so hard on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was the thing. It's like, okay, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. It was a huge adjustment for me, and it was the topic mm -hmm. of very honest conversations with my supervisor. Like, hey, I really am gonna need you to help me understand if I I know it's a steep learning curve, but I need you to tell me if I'm on pace, right, or if I'm falling behind because. Uh, in the absence of that, I'm going to think everything's okay. But anywho, so I still had like that, uh, a bit of anxiety, but ultimately it's like, look, this is the reason that they're putting me here. They think that I'm, uh, they, they, I'm going to be successful in the role. Flash forward, it's been a year. Uh, there's still a lot that I need to learn, right? It doesn't happen yeah. fast. And like, I finally feel like I'm getting, you know, like I'm actually contributing a good bit and actually driving strategy and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and, and again, but it takes, it's been an entire year granted in the yeah. middle of that. We just had all this COVID business. So that was a bit of a, you know, for the last <laughs> several months, but, uh, but still uh, it, it, it doesn't stop, I guess is what, uh, is what um, I, I hear you and other young professionals mm -hmm. think that they got to figure it all out at the beginning. You don't, uh, but there, I think if you reach a point where you stop learning, well, maybe if you're okay with it, that's fine. But if you want more then you got to, to your yeah. point, bring it up and, and take some uh, initiative to try and uh, bridge the gap is that uh, realization that like, okay, even the best supervisors don't know everything, right? Like yeah. I went in as a new professional, like I thought my boss was going to just know it all. Like the mm -hmm. my boss is there and he or she will clearly they're in charge. So they know the most and that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, and, that's very true. And that's and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. That's not bad against the supervisor. And yes, you're going to have good supervisors. You're going to have bad supervisors. Mm -hmm. But uh, you also need to, I think empathy works in uh, in uh, both directions, essentially, is what I'm trying to uh, get yeah. at. And don't forget, like I was, I know in my roles that I had, like when I was the first time I was a supervisor, Jackie, I know that that first year I screwed up a lot. Yeah. Right? Like I know that. There were people that were coming to me thinking that I was just going to give them, you know, the best advice or make the best career move or, you know, make the, all these decisions for them. And then sometimes I would just have to say, I don't know. And I, I can tell by their reaction sometimes it's like, oof, that's not what you expected to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. I yeah. even like for my first time, I remember like cutting my teeth into trying to like put my foot down on something, did it the completely wrong way and it blew up in my face. So again, I'm just, all I'm saying is, hey, all supervisors start somewhere. So mm -hmm. even as a new professional, there's got to be a bit of a, you got to understand, like, is this a first time supervisor or do they have good intentions? Be a little empathetic, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm trying to, to get at. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very true. Because I know they're all different, you know, they're all like, have their own way of, you know, leading a team. So for sure. Yeah. So let's talk. Quickly here, I say quickly, look, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the time, time flies when you're having fun. I know. <laughs> so, right, COVID's happened. I want to talk a little mm -hmm. bit about, give me, hey, what has this experience been like for you working from home uh, and and uh, uh, the challenge that it's presented for you as, a, as an early career professional? Okay. Um, so I feel like it's been, a, for sure, a different um, approach to 2020 than what I expected. <laughs> um but I feel like working from home has given me the ability to spend more time with my family um, and kind of think about just different things. So I know that I won't ever get, you know, time to be with my family as much as I am right now. So I'm trying to enjoy them as much. And, you know, I'm able to work, you know, you know, standard hours. But if I need to work a little earlier, a little later, 
my supervisor, my, you know, my supervisor is okay with that. So I feel like it, he's, it's been a good experience for sure. It's been a little tough because I don't, I don't see my, you know, my coworkers because it's definitely easier to just walk up to their cube and ask them a question. But, um, I feel like I try and keep in contact with all of them. Like I call them, Hey, how are you doing? Have you looked at this project? You know, kind of get the conversation going and not stop because I know I don't want to like ever lose communication with them because they are my team. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to do that. So I, I try and keep in contact with all of them. So it's been a challenge, you know, a new different challenge. Um, but you know, all challenges, you know, I feel like they have growth. Like now I feel like I'm, you know, I'm able to work from home more efficiently because, you know, at the beginning it was kind of like, okay, we'll go to back to work eventually. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I certainly didn't think it was going to be 12 weeks. Yeah, exactly. Me either. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, I'll go back to normal like next week. You know, you know, I was still doing work, but I feel like I've been more efficient now that I have, I feel like I have more of a rhythm and a schedule now. Yeah. Um, so keeping that rhythm and schedule has definitely helped out because at the beginning it was not the best schedule, but now I, you know, I wake up, I, you know, log on, then I go work out, then I come back, then I go do this. So I try and keep it the same schedule every day. So I don't like kind of trail off on things, but it's been a different experience. Um, something unexpected, but definitely a new learning curve for everybody. And, you know. Yeah. And look, and you have also, right. You stay active with the student chapter, right. And with U of H and engineering and the technology people there, uh, right. And that's where, like, again, going mm -hmm. back to where we, where, where we, you know, uh, saw each other last was at a Mayas meeting, right. So, uh, um, you still keep in contact with some students that you mentor or that you talk to. Yeah. So we're actually with Mayas, we're actually trying to start the professional chapter up again, because we did have one when I was in college, but you know, things happen and people, you know, um, we, we didn't keep up as an alumni. Mm -hmm. I also, um, I think I tried to reach out or Giovanna tried to reach out to them, um, but they weren't active anymore. So right now we're in the process of starting uh, the professional chapter again. So yeah. I try and keep in contact with everybody because everybody that's in my, as you know, like, you know, they're familia. So, uh, you know, they're friends as well and familia. So I try and keep in contact de vez en cuando. So yeah. sometimes I hit them up and then we also have like a group we, um, so hopefully in a couple months we can start up the professional chapter. So. That's yeah, so, exciting. And so in that, right, you've been, you talked to students or whatnot. And so I guess I want to segue into, hey, so fall recruit, fall is about to start. And mm -hmm. with the fall semester, whatever that's going to look like, we still don't know from a, what our college is going to look like. I think some I colleges have said they're going to go online. Some have canceled classes. They're just all over the place. But one mm -hmm. thing that also starts with that is the fall hiring recruiting for, uh, for, for different companies, right? And I've right. talked about this in other episodes, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get your opinion, too, like I have mm -hmm. with others. But essentially, uh, uh, to cut to the chase, right, this fall recruiting season is going to have some unique challenges, right, mm -hmm. for, for, for students. So have you, what do you think some, uh, you know, from your perspective, what do you think some of those challenges are going to be that uh, a student's going to face uh, in the fall versus a, a normal, quote unquote, recruiting season? Um, so I feel, you know, they'll miss out, not miss out, well, yes, they're going to miss out on, you know, actually going up to the recruiter and handshaking them. I feel like a handshake tells a lot about a person. Um, so you handshake the recruiter and, you know, usually they say if it's firm, you know, I, <laughs> I like, a, you know, I like a firm handshake. <laughs> We're like, handshakes um, are dead. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I feel like, you know, they'll be missing out in like physical contact, like, physical like um you know interaction and kind of like the vibe that you give I feel kind of also helps the recruiter be like oh hey you know I do want to move forward with this person or maybe not you know kind of like you know they give you a perspective of how who they are and what they do yeah. in person and I feel like these career fairs might be online or on zoom or you know virtual so it might be a little harder for students to do that um so that might be a challenge and i think also like 
But I feel like it might also be an advantage because I know there's these long lines at career fair. Like it might be quicker online, not virtual. Oh. Like, yeah. So that's, you know, they can go on the website and be like, oh, I want to spot for this side or this one. And it can just be a quick 15, 10, 15 minute thing. So that might be an advantage too. So that's true. I hadn't thought about it in that sense. Yeah. So that and um, maybe what other experience, maybe just the adrenaline rush and, you know, the nerve racks, you know, that's always kind of fun to experience to go into a career fair. You know, it's not fun, but I feel like everybody's like interacting and trying to get a job. So I think that's always like kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I was thinking yeah. like, there's like little things like that. Like, like yeah. I say little, but important things that you take for granted. You, you nailed it when you said like, Hey, you know, talking to someone face to face, there's so many probably words that we could use to say what actually happens. And I, I don't want to say you get judged, but like you get, you yeah, know, so, you someone, someone can like sit there and it's that whole, do that. Do I see this person as someone that I could work with? That's the yeah. unspoken question that I think gets answered in, in a, in a face-to-face, right. Or in mm-hmm. a, a person-to-person conversation or, or, or whatever. And the handshake like contributes to that, you know, in some exactly. way, shape or form. So I think you're right. That kind of, that kind of is not there, but at the same time, look, an interviewer, like the recruiters are, man, and I'll be honest, like on, on my end. And I think I sh- I've shared this before, but, mm-hmm. uh, right now from base work, like what I, what the company does on the day-to-day, man, we're still figuring out like what we're not figuring, where we are still keeping everything going despite COVID. What am I trying to get at? Like, okay. we haven't even started to, uh, as, a, as a ship recruiting team, for example, we haven't, mm-hmm. or me being the team captain for UTRGV, like I have not sat there with the team and talk about what are we doing this fall. Typically by this time, we, we would have at least at started meeting, but just because of everything that's happened, we haven't quite gotten there. We're going to get there. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. sharing for the sense of like, hey, things are, things are already different. And then mm-hmm. I, as I think about, and I've had some preliminary conversations with, with uh, Joseph on my end, he's the, the, team, the team captain, the person I work with, uh, about, hey, what are we, this is going to be different and trying to figure out what we're going to say. But the truth is not one person on the team has ever done a virtual career fair. Yeah. Right. And that I suspect that's not, I'm not, I suspect that not, I suspect that it's the same (laughs) for a lot of companies, right? Yeah. Where folks, and and it's weird, like people, like they'll talk face to face, but you say, Hey, like I'm noticing this uh, right now on, we'll have zoom meetings and there's some people that just don't want to turn on their cameras. And I'm like, like (laughs) you got like, I see you every day at the office and granted, right. If I, anyways, it's just, people are weird about being on video. Right. Yeah. Like it's something, it, it's something weird happens in people's head. I'm not going to lie. Even I'm a little bit like that because that's why I just, that's why I don't do a video podcast. I just do the mm-hmm. spoken one because it's not, uh, it's not something that, that I'm ultra comfortable with. Anywho, all I'm getting at is like, there's a lot of brand new learning that on top of that, you mix that in with a, a, a stressed, uh, market. I'll just say that. Right. And, and, and yeah. positions and lower maybe uh, position opportunities with some of these bigger companies, like it's going to be completely different, right? This goes back to the, hey, don't assume as a student that that person on the other side has it 100% figured out. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if you go into this mm-hmm. and thinking like, well, I can't believe they weren't prepared or I can't believe they said that or I can't believe that that's the way they handled it, like, Okay, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm saying within reason, you have to have a little bit, give a little bit of leeway. And on the yeah. flip side, I think students are going to get some leeway as well. Right? That's very true. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm a recruiter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you. Of course, I'm going to like this person's nervous to be on camera. They, you know, they're, they're this is completely different. So I'm already, I can tell already that some of our conversations as a team is going to be about, and I keep saying being about empathy, about, you know, understand, put yourself in that other person's position. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think people are going to get, there's going to be some of this uh, mutual understanding that's going to benefit both ways uh, that can benefit both ways. Right. Unless some mm-hmm. student or, or vice versa, a recruiter, somebody cops an attitude and then the, the thing just uh, falls apart. So anywho, mm-hmm. but I like what you said. It, it could be also be uh, an advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. From the long lines and uh, or, or just the speediness of the process and so on. So good, good take. Yeah. So 
So during, yeah. during this time, uh, I guess maybe before it got, you know, you, with the latest, this is a whole different thing, right? With the whole, uh, where, where everybody's at with everything that happened in Minneapolis, but just during COVID, uh, what did you do? Like, was there anything that you did to keep yourself busy, uh, new hobbies or old hobbies or binge watch any shows? How did you pass the time? <laughs> so I've tried, I've tried to keep up working out. So that's something I've kind of always done, but it was a different setting. You know, I work out in the garage now. Um, I, I still haven't gone back to the gym. I, I'm going to give it a few more weeks or maybe months um, yeah. <laughs> for now. So I still work out. Um, I've gone more on bike rides now than before. So that's really good. It's helping like de-stress. Yeah. Um, and then I've also picked, I started learning how to play guitar like a few years back, but right now I was like, Oh, it's perfect. So I, my dad, I've been telling my dad to kind of teach me how to play the guitar better. So he's been, he's been teaching me. He knows like all these different excuse me, all these different instruments. I was like, oh, teach me guitar. So he's been teaching me that. So, and so then, there's music in the family. Do you play anything else? And so I play the drums. Like I am way better at the drums than I am at the guitar. So that's, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I baited you on that when I was the same, like I saw you post picture of some, of some, uh, uh, of some dr a drum set. And I was like, uh -huh. oh snap. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I have a drum set here. It's electrical because you know, can't be too loud around here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, guitar's another thing. Uh, so one thing that we did, like as a family, we and I actually have a YouTube video that I haven't posted because it's been crazy lately. Um, we made a puzzle. So one time it was like a Friday night, and I told my sister, I was like, "Hey, do you want to make a puzzle with me?" She's like, "Not really." And I was like, "Okay, you're still gonna do a puzzle with me." So I poured that. I dumped the puzzle. It was I think uh, two thousand pieces. I dumped it on the table. And then her husband started working on it. And then my mom started and my dad's like, y'all are never going to finish. <laughs> and then, um, and then he started getting into the puzzle. So like at the end of like, probably the end of the first week, we were all making the puzzle. Like every day after dinner, we would just go there and like randomly put pieces in there throughout the day. So we finished the puzzle. And then my mom's like, so what are we going to do? My dad's like, what if we put it on the table? Because we have like una barra as a table. Yeah. Um, and we also have a, a, a dining table. But my dad is like, I think my mom or my dad, they're like, oh, yeah, let's put it on the table. So right now we have the puzzle we did during COVID on the table. <laughs> it's on there. Yeah, that's funny that you talk about a puzzle because we started a puzzle as a family. But then apparently okay. my wife is she likes puzzles. And the rest mm -hmm. of us did it. And then there was a point where she, where, where clearly we weren't moving fast <laughs> enough for her. And yeah. she ended up, uh, she ended up uh, like finishing it, uh, <laughs> this thing. Yeah. Now, that, and that's it. Look, and I, I like how you say it, like just trying to find different little things to fill the time. I did the puzzle thing, started the mm -hmm. bike thing. Uh, I pretend to play bass. So I got a, like my home setup at my, there in the, it, where I have my home office, which is just a picnic table in my, in, uh, one of those foldable, like, you know, white tables. Oh, yeah. Like, I got one of those and a screen, and to the one side, I have a bass, and to the other side, I got a bajo and a bajo quinto. <laughs> and, like, that's what, like, once in a while, like, I'm like, okay, I'm between calls. I got 10 minutes. Uh, I'm yeah. Gonna fiddle around. So, anyway. It, it, but it does make me like, oh, man, I wish I had this at work. Like, I wish we had a music room or something. Uh, I know, like, it helps de stress and, like, pass the time, you know? It does for sure. And then I'm a TV person. Like I love TV, man. Like I love watching shows and the, like the more, like the more unrealistic, like I say, the more detached from reality that they are, the better for me. So I can do a complete 180 versus what I do uh, every single day. So I watched all kinds of, I, I say I watch garbage. Why call it anything else? <laughs> but it's a way to, uh, to, to, to pass the time. Oh yeah. Definitely get your mind off of like work basically, you know, and everyday things. Cause you're like, so into this and you're like you know it's whenever you stop watching you're like oh, okay it's back to reality <laughs> yeah and then i gotta go back to it okay that's fine i said kill kill some brain cells so i can make some new ones i know yeah exactly well jackie <laughs> look it's been it's been awesome catching up and hearing definitely about your you know your story and and certainly your experiences as a as an early professional i think it's amazing that you got to to 
do the work that you that you are doing right mm-hmm. uh, right now with the current company and uh, having been involved with that historic uh, uh, flight from this past week that's just that's just awesome right like and and just knowing that that is something that is possible for 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 a woman in engineering a minority like mm-hmm. i think it's amazing and i just wanted people to uh to hear uh, a piece a portion of your yep. of your story so thanks uh, for making yourself available today no yeah thank you for having me and also like if anybody reaches out to you and they have questions about anything i said today i'm willing to help them out just send them my way like i i love to hear people's what they want to do in life and you know, I, I love to hear that because it, it just, I feel like it motivates themselves talking about what they want to do. So I really like to hear people's stories and, you know, answer any questions that I can and, you know, help out people the way they've helped me out. So I am willing to do that. And I'm, I'm really thankful for letting me be on your show and, you know, your little talk thing. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for making it better. Uh, to be, get a hold of you at, at LinkedIn, I can add that to the show notes. Is that good? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. my LinkedIn. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. I'll make sure and include that again. Thanks for thanks for the chat. No, yes. Thank you. Thank you.